welcome to Brad Speaks. Presenting the way to think about politics so you will know what to think. Now your host, Brad Job. Welcome back, freedom lovers. Welcome to the semi-Soviet states of the United States of America. This is the Brad Job Speaks podcast with David Houston, and David Houston is still on sabbatical, but he will be back soon. I promise you. I keep saying that, but he will be. Uh, he's had some things he's got going on, and he's going to take care of that. He and I have been in constant contact and are working on this program together. And unfortunately, today, dead gummit. I, I want to come to this program with good news. I, I actually, here are some good news. What is some good news? There's, there's a lot to get. We're, we're Americans. God's still on the throne. Jesus Christ is still sitting at the right. We're free, as we, the freest country in America. We have control. In so much as we can of our destiny compared to so many other countries in the world. I was literally in the grocery store at Kroger in Collierville yesterday. I took my stepdaughter, who I love so much. She's my daughter. And I asked her, and she told me, you've said this before. I said, I want you to look back. I, I want you to look. to go. To, we went to the back of the store, and I said, I want you to look left and to your right. Look that way. Look this way. I want you to be thankful. Do you understand how grateful or, or how fortunate, how blessed we are to be able to, to go to a store with all this food and complain a little bit about high prices, which there can be complaints for political reasons. But when it comes to a 14 year old, I just wanted her to understand how thankful we should be for that. And I absolutely did not plan when I hit the go button tonight to to go into this as much as i study and read and think about what we're going to talk about today i had <laughs> it didn't hit me until i hit go but we we've got to we've got to stop and be thankful for for what we have seriously we do there are things to be talked about there are issues to be studied things to be considered people in government that need to be ousted in the United States of America under the Constitution. As soon as I hit go, I realized that there are things that we should just stop for five seconds before we go into these things to be thankful for. And we need to be thankful for them. And while we're thankful for everything that we have, everything that God has given us, that is the reason that I think people that listen to this podcast, you, my audience, and David's audience, the reason that we're irritated by some of the things that we see going on around us is because we are so thankful. I think the more thankful you are, the more appreciative you are for God's blessings the more things that you see that go against those blessings that you perceive 
irritate you and piss you off. My senior year in high school, I had a teacher. He was Coach Pfeiffer. He was a wrestling coach. We all called him Coach Pfeiffer. And every day he would have a different quote on the blackboard. Nobody paid attention to it. I did every day. He didn't bring attention to it. He just put one. And it was it was in the upper left-hand corner. It wasn't strewn throughout the blackboard. It was just up in the upper left corner. And one I'll never forget, there was one that said, uh, the best place to find a helping hand is at the end of your arm. And how that relates to this program is when you get irritated, if you're a patriot like I am, and that's what this program's about. If you're here for jovial entertainment, this may not be the right place for you. If you're irritated by the way the country's going, the way the world's going, and everybody's been irritated by the world's going for 4,000 years, then one of the best places to find help is at the end of your arm. And you have to speak up. You have to say things. I've got other things I could do. You have other things you could do by listen, other than listening to this program. But I just have this congenital desire to protect our freedom that we didn't even earn. It's God-given, and I'm 45. There's a historical value of people younger than me and even older than me and even my age, and there's always been those people who don't understand and respect, value, and appreciate how we got this freedom. It's something that I can't really comprehend. It's almost anathema to me. When I understand to even almost associate with people that don't appreciate that, we do need to be thankful. We do have to be thankful for what we have. And the reason that we talk about things, cultural events, world events, things that are going on in our communities and everywhere else, the reason those things irritate us is because we appreciate the things that we have and we see those things being denigrated. It's impossible because the news is the way it is. Nobody's going to sell a newspaper or get clicks on the internet or have viewers on cable television other than mind-numbing television shows, whatever. If it's, it has anything to do with news, that, to say, hey, let's, let's put everything good on. Let's just do a whole week or a whole month on good news in America or in the world. You wouldn't sell anything. Murders, chaos, destruction. <laughs> that's what that's what gets people involved. That's what gets clicks. That's what gets viewers. That's what gets anybody intrigued in anything. That's what they read newspapers for, if anybody reads newspapers anymore. And I have a sort of visceral disdain for that. However... That's not what this podcast is about, is getting those viewers. It's about interacting with you. It's about talking to you. I wish I can. I cannot wait until I can take your phone calls. I get your emails, and I've been fortunate enough to be able to uh, get back with a lot of you that have listened to the program. When we talk about these things, we don't. you don't have three hours to listen. You don't have two hours to listen. So we try to keep it at about 45 minutes. Right now, there aren't commercials. So the things that we're talking about are things that interest me and David, and that's why you're here. If the things that 
he and I weren't interested in didn't interest you, then you could you could go to YouTube and look up uh, Ed Bassmaster. Yeah, I, I I like Ed Bassmaster by the way. Props to him. He should give me some money for uh, throwing his name out there. If you just want to have fun, that's something you, you could go to. There's a lot of different things. My daughter and I do that. We listen to music. My daughters and I, we we just sometimes we just take a break and listen to music, but we also take time out to say, hey, look, this is the world we live in, and what is your place in it? Where is your place in this world? What responsibility do you have for promulgating your place in this world? You live wherever you live, whatever freedom you have right now, somebody paid for that freedom. We have people listening to this podcast all over the world, literally. And generally, I'm speaking to people in the United States. But wherever you are, what freedom you have, whatever freedom you have, is given to you by God. And you have to protect it. If you don't like the amount of freedom you have and you need more, then it's your obligation to fight for it. Because where we are, where I am in the United States... There are a lot of people who don't appreciate our freedom. There was a study that came out or a poll. It was like last week. And what I don't understand about it, because I didn't go look it up, was like Gen X versus Gen Z and millennials. But the question was, are you proud to be an American? And it went from the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s and then the 2010s. It went from about 68 to 16. And I don't understand that. I do understand it. I don't like it. I should say I don't like that. It kills me. It's The Lord has given me the desire to promulgate freedom, to love freedom, to prop the United States of America up. And I'm 45. I, that, I guess that sounds old if you're not 45. But I don't think I'm old. I don't look at myself as old. I was... 25, 20 years ago, and I saw this coming. Everybody, you know, anybody that thought about these types of things saw this this coming. It's caused by the left. It's caused, if I seem to beat that into your head every time we talk, it's because it is what it is. They're after us. The left, they're not liberals anymore. They're, they, they are not liberals. They're not the neoliberal community that used to be. Nixon. Nixon was a neoliberal. He was a liberal. Of course he was. Robert Kennedy. Uh, JFK. President Kennedy. They were neoliberals. Nixon wouldn't be welcome in the Republican Party. JFK would be run out of this country on a rail, and Robert Kennedy as well, if they were alive today and tried to be in the Democratic Party. It, it wouldn't happen. The country's reached a tipping point where the left, dare I say evil, with their desire for every, <laughs> I'm not going to ever be scared to say anything on this program. Sometimes I'll hesitate, and I shouldn't. I should just keep saying what I want to say. Because what I say is right. I'm very confident in that. You've got folks that are absolutely trying to destroy, destroy masculinity. By renaming it cisgender. Absolutely destroy the family. Absolutely destroy women by making an absolute 
direct assault on gender. There is not a gender. There's not a woman. There's not a man. They want to fundamentally transform this country. We are not today going to be going into that in depth. So just wanted to start off with that. I didn't plan on that. I didn't. I had no idea that I was going to be talking about that when I introduced the program. I had something else to go into that uh, I'll forego because we don't want to make this too long. And we've got some really weird stuff. Really, it's good. I, We could try to make this stuff fun as we talk about it. So here we go. The left, the Soviet section of America, has a problem today. It has a massive problem. And this is fun. It is fun when the left has a problem and the Soviet section of the United States of America has a problem because uh, they're not really sure what, what they're going to do with the issue they have at hand. There's a federal agency called the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. I know probably everybody that's listening to this podcast understands the regulatory agency and the issues that we have in America with the regulatory authority of America. But in case there's somebody that doesn't, let's go over a little bit about the Constitution and how how the world works, how the country works, how this country works, and how we establish our laws. You have the executive branch, which is the presidency. You have the legislative branch, which is the Congress, which is a bicameral Congress, which is a bicameral legislature, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate. And then you have the judiciary, which is all the courts, the judges. Well, underneath that, unfortunately, and I think it's unconstitutional, and most conservative scholars agree that – The Congress has set up these federal regulatory agencies that are able to make law. Let me give you an example. On a state level, I live in Tennessee in the United States of America. The state of Tennessee sets up the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Resources Agency, the TWRA, which oversees the game wildlife fishing. Different states call it different things, but that's what Tennessee calls it. Under that umbrella of the TWRA, the TWRA has a board of commissioners, and they set up rules, which is law. And underneath them and their authority, state wildlife officers are able to issue tickets, issue summonses. They have access to courts. Under the Constitution of the United States, there are a lot of people who think that on the federal level, is unconstitutional because the Constitution says that the legislature makes the laws. The the Senate and the House have to make laws. But that's an argument or a conversation for another day. I'm not really going to go into it. Under the Constitution and the legislature of the United States of America, the federal House of Representatives and the Senate has set up these federal regulatory agencies. What are some examples of the Centers for Disease Control, the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, Department of Transportation, Food and Drug Administration, uh, Dr. Fauci and his National Institutes of Health. We've got nuclear regulatory commissions, OSHA. When you go to work and you have yellow lines everywhere, that's not 
voted on by the House of Representatives and the Senate and the President signs it. That's that's under OSHA. I do not think that's constitutional, but that's where we live right now. What we're really going to get into, what was firing me up about today's podcast, is did you know you're, if you have a gas stove, they're coming after you. If you have a gas stove, I have a gas stove. I have two gas stoves. I have two gas stoves and I have an electric stove oven in my house. We have three different kitchens. And the the uh, the regulatory agency that really is irritating me today is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. The government has set up the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And under the Consumer Product Safety Commission, they can make rules, which are laws. Again, I don't think it's legal. I think it goes against the Constitution because I think every regulatory commission or authority rule should be passed by the legislative branch because that's the legislative branch. But they set these things up. They set these commissions up and these authorities up and they give them authority to to make law, basically. Well, not basically. They do. Senator Cory Booker, he ran for president. He was uh, he's a. He's a piece of work. We're not going to go into that. And Representative Don Beyer, all these things that they do, they get to say, hey, it's a it's either bicameral or or bipartisan. Well, this isn't going to be bicameral because bicameral just means that there's a member of the Senate and there's a member of the House that gets together and does this. Cory Booker and Beyer, they released a letter on last Thursday calling on the Consumer Product Safety Commission to take swift action to protect Americans from gas stove pollution because we need protection from that, you know, yeah, because we're stupid, so we need protection from that. Cooking with gas can produce air pollution levels indoors that exceed outdoor standards. Gas stoves, which are common in millions of American homes, actually it's 40% of American homes, so do the math, can emit pollutants. And some studies show, I'm trying not to get in my uh, weird voice that I'm making fun of folks, but I, you know what, let's just do it. They can show that leads to the development of asthma, especially in children, and may worsen symptoms for those with pre-existing respiratory illnesses. Recent research has shown that gas stoves leak toxic chemicals and carcinogens even when turned off. Okay, no. Wait, hell no. Five seconds. That's not, these folks are crazy. They're out of their mind. You know, when you, if you have a gas stove like I do, have to, and you turn it on and it's actually part electric, so it goes, it clicks the little, the spark sparks when you turn it on. They're saying that's part of the reason they want to ban stoves is because once you, when you turn the knob and the gas starts, out of the tube, before it hits the spark, there's a little bit of gas that escapes in the house before it ignites. And that gas is causing problems. That's part of the reason. The other parts of the reasons are because the gas stove, when it's burning, your gas stove, and I say burning, when it's lit, when it's lit, they say burning because that's, it elicits a whole nother picture in your mind. The gas stoves, like I said, are used in more than 40 million U.S. houses emit air pollutants, 
such as nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, and fine particulate matter at levels the EPA, there's another regulatory agency, and the World Health Organization, those are the ones that made you wear the masks during uh, the COVID season, air quotes, said are unsafe and linked to respiratory disease, heart issues, cancer, and other mental problems, mental and medical problems. According to reports by groups such as the Institute for Policy Integrity and the American Chemical Society. It sounds like uh, the end of a PBS show brought to you. (laughs) Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, brought to you by the Institute for Policy Integrity and the American Chemical Society, who is funded by liberal groups. I bet you a thousand dollars. So if you burn your stove, if you have a stove, you have a gas oven then one of the reasons they say that they want to ban these is because they emit carbon monoxide. If you went to high school or if you were smart in eighth grade, one of the things that <laughs> these things that we I'm emitting right now is carbon dioxide. Carbon monoxide and carbon dioxide are absolutely the same on the level of what they call Greenhouse gases. But here's where the rubber meets the road. And this is where reality hits everybody in the face if you're willing to look at it. We all know cooking produces emissions and harmful byproducts. As the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers say, they're not stupid either. If you cook something, there's going to be there's going to be things that are released in the air. I don't care what the hell it is and how we are. I didn't need them. I did not need the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers lobbyers lobbyists to tell me that. But they have. That's what irritates me. That I'm not going to get irritated. I'm not going to hit my desk tonight. <laughs> Why the hell should there even have to be an association? of home appliance manufacturers that represents gas range manufacturers manufacturers why do you have to have that you know why you have to have the association of home appliance manufacturers to lobby for you in washington on k street because the left is coming after you because your government is overbearing why in the entire hell do you think george washington or martha washington or tommy or when I say Tommy, I mean Tommy Jefferson because I affectionately call him Tommy. I'm going to bust up his right now. There's Tommy. There's Tommy right there. You think those guys thought that we were going to have to have an association of appliance, home appliance manufacturers to represent themselves in Washington to keep Washington from making laws, keeping them from manufacturing gas stoves? Do you think that's what this country was about? Do you think that's? Do you think they even had an idea that this would happen? And do you think that if somebody, if a, if one of these liberal people went to the, them and said, "Hey, uh, we've just got to protect the American people because uh, you know gas stove in the house uh, it can hurt you," man, I think they would probably execute you. You know, George Washington. Killed people. He he executed traitors on the battlefield. Absolutely. I think if somebody came to him and said, hey, we're going to try to make the federal government so powerful that there's going to have to be an organization to represent people from people for people that manufacture gas stoves to keep 
you guys from running them out of business. I think George Washington, he probably wouldn't have shot you in the face, but you'd have been run out of town. It's come to the point where these people have to defend themselves. I think they should not accept the premise. You know, in debate in my life, one of the things I have learned, and I'm really irritated right now because I just broke my George, my Tommy statue. So I have to say that I'm really in the back of my mind. He's, I got this at the National Archives and I broke it. I'll glue it back together. It's come to the point in America that we have to set up these organizations to defend freedom and, and spend absolutely extravagant amounts of money to just defend the right to, to manufacture a gas stove. The American Gas Association pushed back against a, nat- a natural gas ban in December, saying that uh, it makes housing more costly because electric homes require expensive retrofits. They have to come up with these ways to defend themselves when I think they should just say, I don't accept your premise. I think you're full of crap. Go to the American people and let it go. Terrible as I think that would end up. Because I do trust the American people. I trust the electorate to decide. I do. It's the way we're set up. I just, I can't stand this crap. I would rather them spend whatever amount of money they're spending to lobby Congress. I wish they had the money to go to the people and say, look, y'all, these people don't want you to have electric stoves or gas stoves. And eventually it will be electric stoves. Mark my words. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're going to realize that if it's electricity, it's still it's still powered by coal. It's the carbon emissions aren't going to be lowered. This is that's another thing. This is a feel good emotional response to the the left to gain power by confusing people and make them think that if you ban gas, then they're helping you. They're being nice. They're protecting you. But in reality. If it's that way, I've got news for you. 40% of the electricity in this country is generated from gas, natural gas, fossil fuels, and if you include coal, 90%. These people are not going to stop until they've banned all of this on the idea of emotion, on climate change. On this commie Soviet task that they are engaged in with fervor to end what is this experiment, which is the United States of America and then the Constitution. It's coercion. It's the cause. This is my favorite part. When the left goes against itself. When the left gets in an argument with themselves, I love it. I have to admit, that's almost as good as fishing. With a big fish on my line, but not that good. But it does, it gives me a satisfactory, wonderful euphoria. And what is happening with this issue, the LA Times, they they interviewed a, a Korean barbecue entrepreneur. They published some quotes by him. That he compiled through some Asian restaurateurs, as they called it, concerned that any switch to electric would compromise their cuisine. To some, electrification is assimilation. Yes. Cultural appropriation, if you will. 
they interviewed Leo and Linda Lee, owners of Rice Box, a Cantonese barbecue restaurant. I have a problem with that right there as a Memphian. There's not a Cantonese barbecue restaurant unless they make barbecue from Memphis. There's not a St. Louis barbecue restaurant. There's not a Nashville barbecue restaurant. It's If it's not Memphis, it ain't barbecue, but that's a different story. In downtown L.A., if you give me barbecue from L.A., I will try it. I will be open-minded on that. I don't have a closed mind. It's not black and white. Barbecue's barbecue, but it is kind of black and white because if it doesn't taste like it comes from Memphis, then I'm not going to eat it or I won't like it, but I'll enjoy it. These Asian... (laughs) Can you say that? Barbecue? Asian barbecue? (coughs) Asian barbecue restaurant. I didn't say if my dad's listening in heaven or my brother's, I hope they'll forgive me for even just saying that. And if you think that's racist, then go listen to another podcast. But there isn't seriously, uh, I'm I'm having a problem getting over that fact. But but these are the good guys in the story. So we'll just we'll we'll root for them in downtown Los Angeles. Barbecue use gas to cook the entirety of their menu, with the exception of rice. I've never had rice with barbecue, but hey, I'm for these guys because freedom's freedom. But hey, if you want to serve, <laughs> if you want to serve rice with your barbecue in Los Angeles, then just keep up with that and rock on. And I hope you make a bunch of money. They said gas powers the stoves used to cook dishes in a wok. A wok is a uh, it's like a deep dish pan, like a really deep pan that they use. It's, it's an Asian thing. It's really good. If you like Asian food, which I do, I, my, one of my favorite restaurants is a Asian buffet, a Chinese buffet in, in Collierville here, and I love it. But they use gas. They have to, they use gas. You're not going to put a wok on an electric eye. I need gas. And even their custom barbecue oven used to prepare the restaurant's signature Charse de Rock pork. Roasted low and slow with a sweet honey glaze. I would like to try that, but they ha- they're saying they have their their point is they need gas. They don't want an electric eye to cook their stuff on. They said that the wok itself is really essential to the Asian cuisine. By taking gas away, you're telling us we cannot use woks anymore. Essentially, taking away our identity and our heritage, it forces us to adapt to American culture. Unfortunately. Again, they're accepting the premise that gas is bad and they're having to come up with a reason to convince people that they need to use gas when they should just stand up and give them a middle finger and say, I can use gas if I want to. I can use gas if I want to. I do not have to have a reason. This is America. Who the hell are you, the American government, coming in to my restaurant and telling me I can't use gas? That's what they should have just said. I don't need to understand why they need gas to cook their food. I don't I don't need to understand that. Their problem right there is they're accepting the premise that gas is bad and they're trying to come up with a reason to explain why they need to use the gas instead of saying I can use gas if I feel like it. This is America. We used to be free, and we're trying to keep it that way. Try to cut my gas off, and you'll have to deal with me when you get here. Ever since I was in middle school, I've learned not to accept the premise of someone's 
argument. If you accept a premise and try to argue against it, if you disagree with the premise, then you're you're already on the losing side. You already have a mountain to climb. If somebody tries to argue something with you, don't accept the premise if you don't like the premise. Argue the premise. These people should have just said, you cannot take my gas away because I'm free. It's America. They shouldn't have to give a reason why they need to use gas. They're trying to appeal to the liberal mind because the liberals, the leftists, are the ones who are trying to take their gas from them. So they accepted the premise that gas is bad. This is insane. They accepted the premise. So under the premise that they accepted, now they're coming up with reasons to argue against Even if gas is bad, you should still let us use it. Instead of saying, you go to hell, I'm in America, I'm going to use gas, you can't stop me unless you do, and everybody else agrees with you and votes for you. I would not argue any cultural reasons, any of those things, and say, I accept the reasons, your premise that gas is bad, but you can't take our culture away from us. I mean, that's a great, it's a great leftist strategy. It, it is. You're going after the left with, with their own ammo. You know, we're Asian. Are you racist? You want to take our gas away from us, but we're Asian and that's our culture. And so now you want to take our culture and you know, we're supposed to, you have to be nice to everybody that's, <laughs> I don't even know. It's unfortunate that they decided to accept the premise. For them to say that that forces them to adapt American culture is so wrong. The culinary culture is a part of America. Colon- this is the melting pot. This is a food-only thing. The California Restaurant Association, which is fighting a similar Berkeley, California measure in court, is beginning to amplify the point that minorities are disproportionately affected. In circulating that same L.A. Times article that I referred to before, the group tweeted this quote from its president. With the sheer number of restaurants in L.A., this will have a massive impact on the future of the restaurant industry and how many diverse cuisines are offered. This is the glorious thing about this entire scenario, this entire story. This the aspect of, of what the hell is going on because left cannot be left. They run into each other all the time. You've got a leftist organization in California that's stark raving mad crazy about saving the planet, saving the climate. But when it comes down to their money, when it comes down to their money and their restaurant association, the California Restaurant Association, when it comes to their money, <laughs> This is what's funny about the left. This is where the left is fighting the left here. They're using leftist arguments to support capitalism. They don't give a damn about the minority-affected restaurants. They give it to... How many... What is the percentage of minority-owned restaurants in California under the California Restaurant Association? No, the California Restaurant Association needs to be able to cook all their damn food using gas because it's just, it's more effective. You've got leftists in the California Restaurant Association using leftist causes to go against the leftist cause of climate change. I couldn't ask for a better story. I could not. It can't get better than that. The California Restaurant Association are using leftist arguments 
to argue against a leftist argument. The California Restaurant Association says, well, you can't stop climate change using this because we're going to say that the 3, 4, 5% of the Asian restaurants in California that are part of the association are going to be affected, although it will also affect 95% of the rest of us who aren't Asian restaurants because we want to use gas too. And by the way, we don't give a damn about climate change because we care about our money more. So it goes back to the elitists, these leftist elitists. Did you see? I think you did. Did you see there was a a picture after this came out of uh, Jill Biden, Dr. Dr. Jill Biden cooking in the Biden household. I have to assume it was in Delaware. She's cooking on a gas stove. And she had released this picture, and now it comes out the Biden administration wants to ban gas stoves. And here she is. I guess it's kind of like Trump had some classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, and the FBI came and raided his house, went through, they spent like an hour in Melania Trump's closet going through her stuff. And now we found out that four days before the midterm elections that Joe Biden, his lawyer, who was cleaning out his office, found classified documents and called the National Archives before he called the president and said, hey, I found some classified documents. While Merrick Garland, the attorney general, you can't make this up, appointed a special counsel to investigate Donald Trump and go through these documents they found at Mar-a-Lago that the FBI raided their house literally before dawn. Now they found these documents at Biden's house. I don't think that they've... uh, I don't think the FBI... I don't think the FBI has raided any of the other homes that the Bidens own, unlike the Trumps. I don't think that Merrick Garland is going to appoint a special counsel to look into those documents. It's a double standard, but that's I did not plan on going into that. But that is going to be very interesting going forward. I want to wrap today's podcast up by saying I want you to before I conclude with my with what I'm about to say, I want you to understand How I'm going to conclude this is by not accepting the premise of the left or anybody you disagree with. If you're on the left and you're talking to a conservative or a libertarian, don't agree. Don't always accept the premise and feel like you have to argue the premise. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to. You don't have to accept the premise and argue that. You can just say, I don't accept your premise. I think you're crazy. And therefore, anything we argue going forward will not be based on the premise of your argument. I'll just tell you you're crazy. And this is how I want to frame this as we conclude today's podcast. The Consumer Product Safety Commission, Richard Trumpka, is the chairman, appointed by Biden. He said that The agency plans to propose new regulations for gas stoves, which could include a ban. A ban 
own gas stoves. This is America. This is not the Soviet Union. This is not North Korea, not Cuba, not China. And I'm not going to hit my desk. I already broke Tommy. I got to fix him. I can glue him back. He says, this is a hidden hazard. That's a quote. Quote, Mr. Trumpka said, this is a hidden hazard. Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what this man said from the federal government in the United States of America. Any product that can't be safe, can't be made safe, can be banned. Not in this country as long as I'm living here. You son of a bitch. That's setting up a reason to ban guns, spoons, quill pens. I've got a quill pen. I just knocked my, my ink well over. I've got a quill pen I got from the National Archives. That, that quill pen, I could pull that quill pen out and kill you. It can't be made safe. You're going to ban that? What about pens? Just regular pens. Books. Book jackets. Book jackets. I could cut you. I, I take my book jackets off before I read them. So I read the book and I put my book jacket on so I don't mess the book jacket up when I read it. I go I'm look, just looking around. There's a drill over there. It can't be made safe. I could pick that drill up, put something on it, and drill something. Drill person. Framed pictures. They have glass in them. I'm looking at the framed picture of Rush Limbaugh over there and one over there. There's one that he looks like Indiana Jones and it says defended capitalism and he's got a whip in his hand. I, that, that can't be made safe. It's got glass in it. It was a gift for my wife. Flags. I've got, <laughs> you have no idea how many flags I have in my office. There's sticks on flags. I can take a stick and do something with it. You can't make that safe. Is that going to be banned? Corn dogs. I ate a corn dog earlier. Is it corn, can it, it's got a stick in it. Can that be made safe? Or can some government agency ban that? Beyond that, you know what can't be made safe? Liberals. Liberal websites. They want to ban every conservative organization out there or conservative thought. You know what's the most dangerous thing is liberal thought. That can't be made safe as far as I'm concerned, but I don't want to ban it. I don't want to ban these things. I want more speech, more things, leftist politicians. (laughs) You can't make those safe because they're not safe to you. They are an inherent danger to yours, my and my children's, and my grandchildren's, and my posterity's freedom. I can't ban them. We can't make them safe. These regulatory commie jerks are after everything you have because they want to appeal to your emotion. They want to appeal to your emotion. What do you mean, Brad? Well, they want to appeal to your emotion because they say, well, it's going to save the world. It's going to, it's, it's going to save everybody. What is one thing that the liberals want to do more than anything to appeal to your emotion? I'm going to tell you. We're not going to get into this today, but we could. If there's something that I can do in this podcast, it's to have fun with you guys, talk about things, engage th- engage with people things. I wish, and someday I would be able to take phone calls because I would certainly love to do that. Because I know there's people out there going, yeah, but this, or yes, that, and go Brad, or not go Brad. If you see a a headline that says members of Congress urge consumer safety agency to move swiftly to protect Americans from anything, I want you to stand back and say, regardless of what follows after that, 
Members of Congress urged Consumer Safety Agency to move swiftly to protect Americans from whatever the hell it is. I want you to step back and say, I don't necessarily accept the premise. Why is the government trying to do this? What is behind it? What is it? It's not to protect me. I don't need to be protected from gas stove pollution. I want the government to leave me the hell alone, and so do you, and so does everybody else, until they're corrupted by the public school system, or the news, or Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, or whatever the hell they're getting programmed by, by saying, oh, we do need to be protected from gas stove pollution, because I promise you, in five years from now, you're going to have friends of yours that say, oh my god, he's got a gas stove, I'm not going to bring my kids over there. This is just the start of this. The, the, the start of lots of things were 20 years ago. And look where we are now. This is the start of this. This. They got to protect us. The government. Our daddies. And our mommies. And our its. In Congress. And in the regulatory commissions. And agencies. Have to protect us from gas stove pollution. Gas stove pollution. They're going to make you... Mark my words, five years from now, you will know somebody who will replace their gas stove because the government told them they were killing their children and contributing to asthma. On children, 12% of American children, asthma cases can be attributed to gas stove pollution. Dude, that's so much crap. And even if it were true, I don't want to accept the premise, but let's accept the premise just for five seconds. If that were the premise, to prove me right, which is important, because I am, it's called ventilation. You don't have to ban the damn gas stove if you're seriously concerned about it, and you seriously want people to be able to continue your, their gas stove usage. I hate to accept the premise, but just for the sake of argument, just have have more regulation, have more code enforcement, have your ventilator adducted ventahood that goes out. It sucks all of it out and throws it out the roof. If <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They don't care. They're not interested in ventilation. They're not interested in your health. They're interested in controlling you. They're interested in getting emotional votes and dumbing down the society so they have more control. If they gave a damn about the particulate matter that escaped from an oven, they could put... I promise you, they could give a grant to me for $50,000. They wouldn't have to use $100 million. They wouldn't have to use $100 million and send it to university. Give me $50,000. I get two of my buddies. I get Shane, Bernie. Give Shane and Bernie and me $50,000. We know what we're doing in construction. Give us $50,000, and we're smart. We ain't stupid. Well, I might be stupid, but they're smarter than I am. But they've got a little bit more skills than I do. We could create a ventilation system for any kind of stove whatsoever that would extract this from the house and send it out into the air. Oh, but see, they didn't say that. They didn't say that they wanted to do it because they're not trying to ban the gas stoves because of climate. They're trying to ban the gas stoves under the auspices of it's killing your children and killing you and the particular matter and the stuff that exists in your house and all this other crap. So if they really wanted to do something, if they had a brain, that's what I'm saying. Do not accept the premise of anything anybody says, especially when it comes from the government. Examine it. Listen to it. Think about it.
And if you don't want to, listen to me and listen to David because he's going to be back next week. And we'll tell you what to think about this stuff because you don't have to because you have other things to do. Come back. We'll be here next week. I love you all. Goodbye.